0: Hello and welcome to Enterprise Linux Security This Time, episode number 66. And what we're going to do today is talk about security as we always do. But this time it's all about you, not your organization. Well, your organization plays a role in this, obviously, but not in the way you'd expect. This is all about you, the administrator, security person, DevOps engineer, help desk person, or whatever your job t- title happens to be. How are you doing, Joe?
1: all good it's always a pleasure to be here with you hi everybody Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that it's about you and not the company there's actually one aspect to to job security and I'll go over it pretty quickly but I just think that if we're talking about job security, we need to, to cover this as well. Yeah. Um, just last week, there was an email that surfaced about a Google and a supposed Google engineer talking about uh, the company strategy around AI and how OpenAI was a competitor and all of that. And that's not the interesting part to the to today's subject. The interesting part is that one of the things that he mentioned as being the most the the most critical thing about the the company was the the, fl- the flow of engineers from Google to OpenAI and the knowledge and ideas that those engineers were taking out the door when they were leaving the company so job security is also relevant also from the company side right um yeah so there is that aspect as well to this um yeah but yeah we'll be talking about job security today and there are two main types of job security there's the job security about your own specific position inside of a company at least two types but there's your own job security Which can be at risk if you don't meet your goals, if you fail to do something that you should be able to do, if somebody doesn't like you specifically or something like that, and your job might be at risk for something like that. And then there's the type of job security where the actual job title that you have is something that gets... Outdated that gets replaced by a better way to do things. And imagine if all the network administrators suddenly were no longer necessary. That's a lot of people that were out of the job in just one percent. Right. The actual role, not the the actual thank you, not your actual job specifically. Um, and there are st- things about each of these types of job security that we'll be talking about today that are different in each scenario, and. While you cannot control many of the factors that affect your role being replaced, you have some control about the things that you can do um, for your own personal job security.
0: Yeah, that's putting it very well. Good job on that. So another way to look at this is this is pretty much the inverse podcast episode because the organization is always going to be a factor, right? Because you're working for one, unless you own your own business. So it's just that we're flipping it around and putting, you know, administrators first, even though company security plays a, a definite role there. Um, but we want to make sure that you know our people. Are, are good with skills and some tips and things. And one of the reasons why this comes up, it, it's not that I've been bitten by any of these things, although um, one thing I have been bitten by was a company that I just adored. I thought it was like the, the best place ever. I just loved working there. Like it was so good that if I was called in like after hours or during the weekend, I was okay with it. I didn't want there to be a problem, but you know, it was fun. I, I loved the job. And then. One day we sit down for our, our morning meeting and uh, the our boss lets us know that the company is going to be out of business in three weeks. Update your resume. We're not going to add any new features to anything. We're just going to keep things going during these last three weeks. And um, it was cool that we got three weeks notice about this, you know, because, you know, some companies wouldn't have done even that. But. I just had some bad luck like that. Like I just get into a company, they go out of business or they get, you know, bought out by another company and it becomes toxic. I've also had the re- the reverse of that where I worked for a toxic company that got bought out by a company that wasn't toxic and was amazing and it went the other direction. So I don't mean to say that um, it's all doom and gloom, but the whole goal today is just to make sure you're prepared for some of the things that could happen. So we have a list of things that we're going to go over that we think are going to be some good things to keep in mind.
1: Um, this is also relevant for the, the overall picture today in IT. Um, three years ago, with all the craziness going around, everybody was worried that there was going to be this economic collapse and IT wasn't going to survive and there were going to be major layoffs and all of that. And Three years ago, we dodged a bullet. While people were locked in at home, they still needed their online services. They still needed to be able to order stuff and to access their online repositories and all of that. So rather than having a, a recession at that point in IT, we actually expanded the workforce. Lots of people were hired. Um, Amazon thrived during that period, they hired like 10,000 extra people. Right. And... It's interesting to note that while the, the overall economy seems to be turning around at this point, it's when IT is starting to feel the crunch. For the past year, we've seen a lot of major layoffs happening at the big names, right. the, the Twitters, the Amazons, the Apple, the Facebook. Um, it's interesting that there's this delay, there's this, I don't know, it's a disconnect between the actual economy of the real world and the IT stuff. Um, and... Instead of having that crunch, we had that expansion, and now it's like the the bubble is bursting and the the growth wasn't sustainable. It just happened during that period, that exceptional period about three years ago. And now everything starts to be falling back into the regular size that it should have.
0: Complete agreement. That reminds me of another reason why I came up with this idea. I mean the elephant in the room is look what happened to Red Hat. You know, there there's a layout there are a bunch of layoffs there and I have friends that work there, as many others in my my circle do. So, you know, that's another example of this, too. Um, The first thing that I'm going to bring up is not technical. It's not exciting. It's um, basic knowledge. But, you know, some people need to hear this. I don't know who you are, but some people need to hear this. And um, the first tip is keep a cushion. And that's not specific to IT, obviously, because you could use that with any job. I don't care what you do. Um, You know, just like I I said that I love that company I worked for. If you would have uh, asked asked me like uh, a month before that, did I think the company was going to go out of business? I would have said, no, no, everything's fine. And then, you know, until it wasn't right. So um, and it wasn't anything wrong with the company itself. It's just that the company that owned the company decided they don't want to do that anymore. So it's just one of those things. Um, Keeping a cushion is just making sure you just keep putting money in savings, you know, from your paychecks, just keep it going. Try to achieve at least a year of salary if you can. I know that's not easy, but over time you could build that because you never know if we, hopefully we never have a pandemic again, if that happens or some other kind of thing happens, at least you have something to fall back on to kind of ride you over until you um, are able to rebound from that. And if you're overconfident about your company's you know, your company staying around, I mean, it may not, and your job may or may not be there if they get bought out or closed down completely. So uh, don't be overconfident. Keep a cushion. You never know. Um, Hopefully you'll never need it, but that's um, boring, but it is the thing I wanted to mention is number one.
1: Yeah. And especially in IT, we we talked about this before starting them, but I want to get over this as well. Over the past, I don't know, 10 years, 15 years, we've seen the rise of um, automation, robotics, and all of that. And with each of those improvements, we started to see some people being laid off. Um, It goes from the the automated um, check, uh, the automated cashiers at uh, fast food restaurants, the self driving cars, and all of that. And with each of those improvements, somebody lost their job. And we in IT, we always felt very smug about this because Mm -hmm. to keep those things running, even if those persons were losing their jobs, we were the ones that are going to be maintaining the system so we would have our job security safe. So we never assumed that we would be at risk. Um, It turns out that with the IT revolution that's happening, with the rise of IT, even as it is right now, um, the impact of this is still be understood entirely, but there are a vast number of jobs in IT that will likely vanish within the next, I'm going to hazard a number here, but three, four or five years. Um, they simply will replace the, the people that are doing those types of jobs with AI bots or with AI-based automation or AI-based tools. Um the job simply will no longer be economically viable to sustain by a company if you can have a soft a piece of software that does exactly the same thing as somebody that you've hired and you're paying 100k, 50k, 150k a year that piece of software is going to pay off in months
0: mm-hmm.
1: so even if you always felt that in IT you're not going to be hit by this it's very easy to overestimate the importance of our jobs in IT um, when compared to other people. Uh, but those jobs are at risk today, and those jobs will be at risk until the end of the year, next year, something like that. And we still don't understand entirely the, the reach that this revolution can have. Right. The, the Industrial Revolution, the um, globalization, all of those put together will not match the impact of AI and the the amount of time that it will take to happen is measured in a couple of years at most.
0: Yeah, I mean, this industry in general, there's just so many changes. It's just like sometimes one buzzword can come out, like DevOps, which which kind of came out of nowhere. Like who could have saw, who could have seen that coming? And who knows what disruptive thing is going to come out next? It, but it, it's part of what makes it exciting. It's part of what also can sometimes make it a little bit. Um, anxiety provoking, but it is what it is. And just like you said, you have to kind of be able to roll with that because the industry is definitely changing. We're not all sure exactly how yet, although we have a, a pretty good idea, but there's a shift there. There's especially in the Linux community where you have, um, you know, Red Hat um, having gone through layoffs and things like that. I mean, th- there's, there's, a, there's definitely a change coming. And I think that's um, to your point, you got to keep abreast of everything and just understand um, where you fit in this and keep making your skill, keep improving your skills.
1: Yeah. So we're going to cover, like you said, like you started, um, the things that you can do to try and alleviate this somewhat or to try to respond to these changes, but you should not take anything for granted at this point. Yep. One of the best things that you, think that you can do if you're interested in, Trying to get some job security is to never stop learning. Keep learning. Don't assume that you just learn everything that you need to and now you're just going to work with that. Um, there's always the next thing. There are next things happening like every other week. Just pick a few, try to learn how, try to deploy them, try to learn how they work, see how they fit into what you're doing, how they can improve the stuff that you're doing, how they can make it easier or faster or more efficient, and you'll be in a better position.
0: Now, one thing, it's actually not on my list, but you just reminded me of this. I need to say this because it's really important. Um, so a lot of times I get asked, what should I learn? You know, if I want to keep my skills going, I want to I keep learning. What in particular should I learn? And my uh, recommendation here, check job boards regularly. Do not do this at work, okay? Do not do this while you're on a VPN connection to work. Do this on, you know, after work hours, on your phone or, you know, whatever. Just make sure you don't give your company the wrong idea. I'm not telling people to leave your job. I'm not telling you to l- look for another job. But when you look at job boards, you could find out the skills that are being asked for by these companies. And you could even, you know, create a like a simple spreadsheet. It doesn't have to be all that complicated and just write, you just add a few of the skills, you know, Docker and, and Ansible, whatever it is. And then just plus one. In the next cell over every time you see it mentioned in a job board or a job ad, and then you'll eventually see that you know we have these companies asking for this and it's very popular. This isn't as popular. Maybe you'll get an idea that a skill is trending over time. Um, Again, don't do this at work because people might get the wrong idea and think that you're about to leave the company because some companies are toxic about that kind of thing. Uh, Keep it private, but I think it's a good idea. Just one of the many ways, and we'll talk about others like RSS, that you could use to stay on top of what's going on in the industry. And you never know if you see something trending and you're an early adopter of that and then it blows up guess who they're calling when they need those people and they don't have that many people that know it yet, you might be a shoe-in for that job because you you started um, looking at that earlier on. Imagine if you were one of the um, first people to really embrace Kubernetes when it was um, starting to get popular. I mean, man, can you imagine? That would be, be amazing if you're right there at the beginning. Um, but job boards could be a way to get uh, an idea of what people are looking for. So that could be uh, something to keep in mind as
1: well and that leads into another thing rather than just keep learning and uh, looking at the boards and all of that you need to be adaptable i know this is a very generic very generic advice but be adaptable in adaptable in the way that when you're talking to somebody in your team or something like that and you say, oh, I've always done things this way and it works, it's the best way that we can do something. What is coming across, what the other person is actually hearing is that he or she has ignored everything that has happened since he started doing it that way. There are probably better ways to do things and he's just stuck in his own mindset and he's not willing to, to do things differently. Right. That's the idea that you're putting across when you when you say that, oh, this is the best way to do something. That doesn't exist. The way that the idea keeps changing and keeps evolving, there will always be improvements that you can take advantage of. So yeah. be adaptable. Don't 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 focus on a specific way or a specific process or a specific piece of software or something like that. If some much faster, much improved way of doing virtualization that requires you to change your tooling and your scripts and all of that comes along, rather than resisting it, you should probably look at ways to adapt those scripts and those tools to take advantage of it. Mm-hmm. Um, don't resist the change. Right. Yeah, I'm
0: to- in total agreement. The next two tips are related, but they're different uh, ends of a spectrum here, and um, but what I want to mention first, right, when I tell you to keep two different diaries, okay, keep them on a personal device. Because if for some reason, you know, you're you know, dismissed from your job, you lose access to your computer right away if they're doing things right. If you can still access your computer after you're fired, there's a bigger problem at the company, okay? Um, but um, that being said, If, um, what you want to do is keep a couple of diaries on a personal device. Um, You you may not want to update this at work, because you know, um, depending on if your work is okay with cell phone use during business hours, but um, these diaries should be on a personal device, not a company device. So that way the information stays with you. And these diaries don't have to be like, very super complicated, but the first one is going to be a diary of achievements. And, this is something that I feel like a lot of system, system administrators don't do well. What I mean is, you let's say you install a patch and everything goes fine. Like there's no problems, and you know it's one of those things. Like man, that was easy. That that just applied and there's no problem. Um, then you don't think about it ever again because you it, it, you did the thing, you checked the box, the ticket's closed, you move on. Um, don't do that. What you should do is write down the CVE number that that patch you've installed fixes. If it fixes five CVEs, write them down, okay? And this di- and this part of the diary doesn't have to be all that complicated. Just, just list the CVEs. Even if it's just a routine you know, DNF update or disk upgrade in, with apt or something, and it's just a routine Friday night update thing that you might do, um, look at the notes for some of these packages, write down the CVEs. You'll have a lot of CVEs on your list that you have installed patches for. And even though you might think, and this is what people I think don't do a good job on, you might not think it's a big deal, okay? Because this is just your job. This is easy. This is just nothing to you, right? But it's everything to other people. It it says a lot. If you've applied patches for, you know, 200 CVEs over the course of a year, let me tell you, that sounds really great when you're you're having that employment review at the end of the year and you're like, yep, I protected us from 200 CVEs. Um, Even though it might not seem like a big deal to you, It's very possible, for all you know, that there could have been a really big company disaster that didn't happen because you decided to update some packages and protect from those vulnerabilities. And other achievements that you might put on this achievements diary could be, I've uh, implemented configuration management, or I set up a Git server for all of our config files, or upgraded uh, Sud2S to to the latest version um, because it was end of life or whatever, right? Um, There's so many different things. What you don't want to do is have your end of year performance review and just not know what to say, okay? This happens a lot because we don't think about it, but um, write these things down, they matter, okay? All of these things matter because if you don't do this, then um, the person might be thinking, what has this person been doing all year? Um, the fact that you haven't had a massive company collapse of servers in a year is probably, you know, meaning you're doing your job, but the other person doesn't know that, right? You need to make sure that you keep a list of your achievements and keep them on your phone or a personal device. So that way you could pull it out. Yeah, I did this, did this, 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 this. If you think there's stigma about phones, you know, send it to a printer, bust it out during your review, make sure you have something to say and, uh, don't think of anything as being, um, You know, just not a big deal because all
1: of it matters numbers matter on those performance reviews Um, so if you companies are sticklers for numbers if you have the metrics to show for your work that's even better, Mm -hmm. like you were saying 200 CVs, that's amazing Mm -hmm. throw that number out there as often as you can oh yeah Um, another thing that you should be looking at is specializing rather than generalizing your knowledge Um, if you know a bit about everything but you don't know too much about some specific aspect um, that just means that other people can replace your job entirely because the level of knowledge about specific stuff isn't that much this is not to, this is not a contradiction of something that we will suggest as well that you should be should never be the only one to know something but it also means that you should be focusing your learning and your knowledge around one specific technology or multiple specific technologies as long as you go beyond just scratching the surface. Um, Learn how to do something and learn how to do it well. Kubernetes is a a good idea. Uh, uh, Other types of virtualization, but don't just know how to create a VM and fire it up and shut it down and how to deploy the OS there. Learn how to move VMs across hosts, how to create a cluster, how to manage clusters of VMs. All of those things go beyond just the basics. Oh, yeah. The the rationale there being what I just said, if you don't know enough to make you stand out on a specific field, then you're not going to be relevant in the overall picture because everything that you do, somebody else can also do or do better. So, yeah, uh, try to specialize on some stuff and learn more about those things and about the rest so that... When somebody has an issue with one specific area and, oh, that guy knows about it, I'll better go and talk to him or ask him and he'll help me out. And that's relevant for, mm-hmm. for your job security.
0: I would also go as far as to say to, to have a secondary specialization. Don't, don't let that steer you away from your primary specialization, but... It's always a good idea, even if it's like, you know, not as much studying to kind of just have a secondary topic that you're kind of revving up to just in case your primary one um, goes a direction you don't like. Then you're, you're, you're still in progress of learning something else as a secondary specialty that just might make it easier to pivot later. Um, maybe you'll see something in an RSS feed that uh, seems like it's getting popularity, which brings me to the next one, um, our, an RSS app. Uh, make sure you have one and and take a look at it, you know, in between tickets or something. You wanna know um, what, what you don't want to have happen is your boss to come come to you and, and say like, uh, yeah, this uh, vulnerability that's all over the news, are, is that a problem for us? And then you're like, what vulnerability? Um, what you wanna say is, Oh, yeah, I read about that this morning and um, I took a look at everything. Um, so far, it doesn't look like we're affected, but I'll just keep an eye on it. You sound so much better that way because you would have um, seen it in an RSS feed if it's that popular. Now, to be fair, it could still happen every now and then that you may not be aware of something, but you want to keep learning and keep your eye on the RSS feed so that most of the time, uh, you know, you sound like you're and you are legitimately keeping up with the industry and you know what's going on and you know what's trending and you're aware of this. Uh, because because if, if you are not at least sounding like you're passionate about about the industry that you're working in, then the question might be, why are you doing this? You don't even seem to like go the extra mile and you're just doing the minimum. But uh, you know, keeping up on the news will make will, will definitely separate you from other mindsets for sure.
1: I have another one and I know this one is controversial and some people don't agree with me, but anyway, Um, take it easy with the certifications. There are people listing like 20 different certifications on their curriculum. Um, That just means one thing. You've learned to be very good at taking exams. Right. Um, The certification is just the starting point for you to learn how to do something. but. Passing a certification doesn't actually mean that you're that great at doing that thing. It just means that you pass the exam. Um, Take it easy with that. It's not that they're all bad or that they're inherently bad or something like that, but it's very easy for certifications to be based on curriculums that are outdated. So you're learning stuff that the way that it was done like five years, 10 years ago. Uh, There are certifications out there for networking and for system administration, which are the ones that I'm more familiar with that are going to give you the basics and sure the basics don't change. You need to do your user management and your basic security stuff and all of that, but they don't give you the, the actual necessary knowledge that you do to do your job properly. So don't take the certification as the end all be all for whatever you're going to be doing or whatever you're doing. It's just another step. And if you want to skip one certification out of 20 different certifications, it's no big deal. Um, Learn to do your stuff, learn to do the things that you need to do properly rather than just focusing on passing a certification or something like that that might be outdated. It's very expensive, will take some months of your time to get properly through. And I understand that there are people that are going to disagree with me on this and it's fine, but this is my view on certifications.
0: Well, it's not controversial. It, it's true. I mean, I'm telling you, as 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 somebody who was a director of operations for years and involved in the hiring process, um, everything you said is true. And I'll tell I'll tell you some of the reasons why. the The easiest reason, and this isn't even about being in management. If you have 20 certifications, what a lot of people don't think of you have 20 certifications to renew regularly. At first, it's all fun and games, right? You take the test, you pass it, you feel good. And then two or three years later, it comes around to be renewed. And then the other one, and then the other one. And then as you go up in the industry and then you know you, you raise up and your job titles increase, then you're gonna get to a point where it's like, oh my gosh, really? That certification is coming up for renewal? Oh my gosh, do I, do, do I still need this? And it's kind of stressful because you don't want that achievement that you work so hard on to just, go away because you didn't have time to renew it. so pick a few and just make sure you just just go through mastering those or pick none it's fine too And here's the where we get into the management side of things. So people ask me do certifications help you get a job? Here's the honest truth sometimes okay sometimes it depends on the person on the other, on, uh, you know at the other end of the table. They may feel like certifications don't matter. At that point you could have 50. It doesn't matter. That person has already decided they don't care about your certifications because they might not see the value in it. But you might decide that you'll just get one certification and then you just so happen to be on the other side of a table from someone who adores certifications and then you lose the job to someone who has three. You can never predict this. You could get a PhD and someone might just favor certifications over a PhD, or someone favors job experience over both. Sometimes your college degree is actually just a checkbox that somebody that's not even involved with the hiring process, you know, uh, an hourly employee is just going through an email box and they were instructed to delete everything that doesn't have a master's degree. Doesn't mean that your job, if you were to get hired, that the person you're reporting to cares about your education, they may or may not. But at the end of the day, it could be a checkbox and maybe your certification that you work so hard for is just a checkbox and that's as far as it goes. So my suggestion about certifications is use it as an excuse to learn if you need like to gamify it, because that's how I did it. Like I didn't think it was gonna give me a bigger job or a raise, I'm like, that would feel pretty good if I got that certification, that's why I did it. Not to say it didn't help me, but when you get a job and you get hired, almost never is there a conversation so was it my master's degree that got me in the door? Was it my red hat certification? You got the job, you don't care, right? You, you, you're you fine. And that conversation never happens and you'll never know what it is that got you into the job. You just got the job. So have a mix of both. Like you said, don't go crazy with certifications, especially for renewing them, but also because it may or may not matter. You never know.
1: And If you want to get really sneaky about it, if you're going for a job interview and you want to know if you should bring up the certifications or not, just look the the enterprise that you're applying to, the company that you're applying to on LinkedIn, find the HR person and see how many certifications that person has listed. Because people tend to project the stuff that they do on others. So if that person has 10 certifications listed, then you might want to bring up that you have some, I don't know, some CCNA or some Red Hat or something like that. Also because they find it valuable enough to list. Um, not everybody will do that. Um, it's like you were saying, some people just look at certifications as, uh, as an opportunity to learn more rather than just, oh, here is another checkbox that I have for, to show for what I'm doing and for the jobs that I'm going to apply for. Um, again, depends a lot. But yeah, if you're in that position where you're going to go for a job interview, look up that person, look up the, the HR department of the, the company you're applying to. Another trick that's similar to that is if you're thinking about getting a certification,
0: not all of them do this, but some of them do. They will literally have uh, logos for companies that use them as a qualifying factor to get in the door. If the company you're applying to has their logo on the certification site, chances are you should probably bring that up because it's right there. And the company you're applying to may not have the certification listed anywhere, but the you know certification company that proctors the test or whatever, uh, they might have that company's logo on their page. And you know right then and there, okay, yeah, it matters. You have of of this because it's literally right there. Um, again, not all of them do this, a few of them do. Just check that because you'd be surprised how many of these certification companies brag about the companies that, they like they'll give them a like a discount on yeah. vouchers or something and they have some kind of relationship going on. It happens all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Another thing that's important for you, and this is important to keep a job and this is important to get the job if you happen to lose yours. Improve your soft skills. Um, and here by soft skills, I'm just meaning stuff that's not actually the job that you're going to be doing, but it's stuff that makes your job easier. It's very likely more important for you to know how to Google properly and find the solution to a problem through Google than through memo- than memorizing all the parameters for an obscure Linux command. It will be more helpful throughout your work career and to our Throughout all the stuff that you're going to be doing throughout the day, to be able to find information faster than just memorizing an encyclopedia. That's why you have men pages. Yep. Um, it's better to learn how to how to Google stuff. And today, it's also very useful if you are writing scripts or writing code. It's better for you to know how to write good prompts than writing the code from scratch. So learn how to write good prompts that get you the result that you want from a chatbot than actually writing the code and then debugging it and then spending hours looking for solutions somewhere. Learn how to get that information from a chatbot. They're available. They're out there. They're going to improve your the stuff that you can do right now. So abuse them as much as you can. It's going to work towards you.
0: Yep. So moving on from there, I'm gonna circle back to the diary thing and talk about the second type of diary to keep on your phone. Because earlier I mentioned the first one, that's your achievements, the things you've protected the company from, the things you've implemented, upgraded. Um, If you have uh, lowered each run of Ansible by 10 minutes, I mean, multiply that by however many numbers and you have your your achievement diary. But the other one is your facepalm diary. Okay, you need to keep a facepalm diary. And here's what a facepalm diary is. Let's say for example, and I'm just gonna, well, actually I'll, I'll bring up a situation that could have been a lot worse, but wasn't. I remember working for a company early on where we had a, um, a server with a RAID 1. I, I didn't design it, so I'm not gonna take you know, responsibility for the fact that it was just RAID 1. Um, that's not the point. But the point is, uh, one of the disks died. So being, you know, the IT person that I am, I'm, I, you know, t- t- tell my manager, like, disk died, we have, we're on, running off of one. I couldn't get approval to buy a hard drive. And a year went by, and I'm shocked that server didn't fall over. Now, here's what would have happened if it did fall over, okay? What would happen is my boss would come to me and say, why did you let this happen? Okay, that's what they would say, because they would forget the fact that I already had told them about this. Your facepalm diary, you put in there, on this date, I told my boss about the hard drive that needs to be replaced. If there's a vulnerability hitting the news and you look at your systems and you realize that you are vulnerable, you know, to this, but there's a patch, that's fine, but you couldn't get approval for the patch. And um, if a, you know, issue happens, the person's probably not going to remember the fact that you told them about this. They're going to come to your desk and say, why did this happen? Then you could say, well, uh, it was Wednesday of uh, the previous June. I I told you at around four o'clock that this is a problem. And this is what you told me. And, you know, you have this list of things where if you are trying to do the right thing, but you can't get approval for whatever reason, just document all these things. Because at that point... You have dates you have you know whatever it is you have again keep it off the network don't start pulling emails and exfiltrate emails because that's another kind of suspicious that is going to get you in trouble but just keep some notes the facepalm diary is very useful when um, you could even call this the i told you so diary which is probably even a better thing to call it because you'd be surprised how often this happens and i'm not trying to put say that you know, employers are toxic, but they forget, you know, there's a lot going on. So um, you want to be able to just say, look, I told you, this is what I told you, and this is what came out of it. Um, and also remind them too, because, hey, by the way, we need to get that uh, patch installed. Um, you, you just need to keep that diary so that you, that way, you know, you understand that if someone's coming after you, hey, I told you, but you didn't want to do it. So here we are. That's just what it is.
1: And that ties neatly into my next suggestion in work on your communication skills mm-hmm. um just as important as your technical skills and your ability to do your job properly on a technical level is communicating the stuff that you're doing and the the struggles that you have the the obstacles that are in front of you being able to communicate in a clear and concise way to your teammates to other people in, across the company to the outside, if that's the case, to your end users, it's gonna be critical for multiple reasons. First, because it makes your job easier. If you're able to communicate clearly what you're trying to achieve, it's better and easier for you to get approval for that process. Like you were saying, getting that hard disk process going through, that's probably something that got lost in the translation at some point, how important it was to get the, the hard disk in in time and in place and working again. Oh gosh, I have but, other
0: <laughs> stories about this company that'll blow you away.
1: <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but but yeah, working on your communication skills it's, is really critical and it's yep. going to make you stand out from, from the rest of the team. People in IT tend to be very close and very shut in and not really very willing to engage socially and all of that. So if you're the guy that is willing to do the presentations for the team if when you have a new achievement or a new weight for those things or you need to train other people at the company and you stand up and say okay i'll do that you can count on me i'm able to do that task that's something that you're that's going to put you in front of your colleagues and that's something that's going to make you stand out and that's going to be noticed by people even outside of your team and that's really handy when Somebody's trying to pick out, okay, I'm going to fire this one and not that one and the other one, and that will help your chances. And to your
0: point, I'll piggyback off of that uh, about communication. And this is probably what you were already saying, um, but just, just in case it wasn't one of the things, be direct, okay? Don't let your anxiety talk. If you're nervous, and, and a lot of us are, it's fine. I'm not judging anyone. Um, it is what it is. But, it, but if you're that kind of person, um, you want to make sure you're not saying, oh, it would be really uh, kind of nice if we could get that hard drive replaced. I think that would be pretty cool. Do you think that's a possibility? Okay, what are you, uh, what are you communicating here? Okay, you're, you don't even sound like it's an important thing. You're, it's like you're, they're probably reading that like, oh yeah, um, Susan in accounting asked for a um, backup hard drive last week and you know, that's where their mindset is. They're not really kind of thinking of this kind of thing, but be direct. The hard drive, one of the hard drives is dead. If the other one dies, we will lose data. If we will be, uh, you know, doing a disaster recovery here, it's gonna, it could die anytime. We need to replace this. How soon can we get this done? You know, that's a better way to communicate. And, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes I'm a nervous person, right? But I have to say that because if I don't communicate it direct, straight to the point, then they might not understand the urgency of the matter. And that goes directly to your point when it comes to communication. You wanna make it clear why it's a problem. And you might think, well, I'm kind of over-exaggerating it. No, you're not. That hard drive literally can die at any minute. That's that's literally how hard drives are. That's ha- That happens all the time, okay? Um, you are not over-exaggerating, you are not lying, you're telling the truth. That's literally how important this is. If companies are falling over because of a vul- vulnerability, print it out, we don't want to be one of these companies that's in this list of articles here. How soon we can we get, get this patch done? Is tomorrow fine? Can we do it tomorrow? Um, literally yeah. you know, ride them on this because uh, they may not understand what you're trying to say. So just make sure that you're being direct.
1: At least cover the what, the how, and the why what you want to achieve, how you want to achieve it, and why you want to achieve it. At the very least, get those points across in a situation like that. Mm -hmm. Um, The others can follow, but those are the important things that you want to convey. Mm -hmm. Um, Additionally, if you're in a job, again, this applies to basically anything on IT, The, the, the advice is simply automate everything and anything that you can. If you're repeating a task every day or every week or every month even, Find a way to automate that task and make it go away. Don't think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't waste time on stuff that can be automated. It's going to make you more efficient. It's going to make your work more predictable. And it's going to make you have more time to learn and have more time to dedicate to other issues. Stuff that can be automated can be ignored, basically. If it's a new system that needs updates and there's no problem deploying the updates automatically, do that configure it to be automatically updated and add it to a monitoring solution so that you know that it's always up yep. but do that automatically don't waste time going through the auto, to the updates every single month or every single week or every single day even
0: i completely agree and i'll tell you one way you don't gain job security and that's by keeping all the information to yourself you know there's there's people and maybe you've run into a person like this where uh you know you ask them how do i do this procedure like you don't know how to do the thing? Well, go learn it because I, I spent the time learning it. Just, just go learning it. Uh, you know, some people think like their job security is strengthened by how much they keep to themselves. But the reality of the situation is you, everyone in the company just thinks you're arrogant. I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. And I've seen people get fired for this. So do not be that person. People want a team player, that's, that's why it's a team. It's not you and the team, it's you are in the team. Help the team understand what you're doing, share the knowledge, be eager to help people, Because I guarantee you, just like you were saying, if they they need to fire somebody, the arrogant person is going to be first, especially considering if that, you know, there's no end to that because the arrogance turns into anger. And I I watched a person be arrogant all the way up to talking back to a client. And that was the last straw. And they were gone the next day, just like that. No, no hesitation.
1: I actually had both of those points, both the don't be the only one who knows something. That's not job security. That's just an excuse for the company to call you at late hours mm-hmm. and working on the relationship with other people, both inside and outside the company, both the team on the people on your team, the people on other teams inside the company and other people outside the company. Don't just focus on your specific group inside the company because that will limit your chances in the future. Um, expand your network of relationships. And this isn't social networking that I'm talking about. This isn't just making friends or followers on Twitter or on Facebook or something like that. Go to events, go to conferences, have face-to-face time with people that you actually know about and shook their hand and actually shared a coffee or a beer or something like that and just talk to people, know people, um, more than just online connections. That's really important and you it's the type of thing that you're only going to miss when you need it and you don't have it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I completely agree with that as well. The last point I have here is that you better enjoy problem solving. If you're satisfied with just something, with something just working and without understanding and finding the, the root cause for a problem, you're just doing half the job that you're supposed to be doing. And this applies to any job in IT. And it's very easy to fall into this. After a few years, you just get... I don't know, you get bored, you get burned out or something like that. So I just want to get it working again and not think about it anymore. But you're just pushing the problems with your belly. You're just future you is going to curse you a lot. So so find the root cause for something that's broken and fix that. Don't just fix the symptoms Um, and doing that regularly and enjoying doing that. Is something that will give you job security because you're going to like more what you're doing. It's not going to feel like a chore. It's not going to feel like work. You're going to be doing something that you like to do. And not everybody will get into that mindset. But if you do have that mindset, it's going to help you a lot. It's not work if you like what you're doing.
0: And and employers really like people that apply themselves and try to work through the puzzle to to figure out and put the puzzle together. Um, there's several things I'm going to go over a little bit quickly because I, we're kind of running up on time here, but they're all kind of related. If you get a job, let's just say you know you start a job tomorrow. what What should you do? What are the first things you should do? And one of the first things you should do is audit backups, okay? Because if it's on your list of duties to manage the backups, I don't care how new you are. If there's a failure and the backups don't work, they're coming to you. They, they, they just are, okay? Obviously, if it's your first day, that that's, that's you know, kind of crazy. But uh, you, you want to make sure that you test the backups, you know what is being backed up and where it's going and, you know, what if it's a good backup strategy. Because, again, you know, if you, you lose data, that's a big problem. And that kind of goes in with the other thing, too, which is documentation. That should always be the first thing, as well, that you start doing at a job. Because think of it this way, you're new. Okay? You don't know much about the company yet. You're learning. You're just getting acclimated to it. And that new employee mindset, you will lose that. Okay, Five years later, you everything's going to be muscle memory for the most part. And you're just not going to ever have that mindset again. So while you still have the new mindset and you're learning things, you're already taking notes if you're a good employee about, about the company. Turn those notes into documentation if it's not in their documentation system, but it's something that you figured out. Keep putting that in there and volunteer to do that because, again, when you have seniority on the job, it's muscle memory and you're just not going to think about things the same way because of things becoming muscle memory, so that's a very important thing as well. So just make sure documentation backups, document the backups, you know, what's going to what, um, that, that could be, so that's why they fit very well together. But at least at that point, you know, if someone else is joining the company, they're not gonna run into the same question marks you are because you ran into it first and you documented it. So all they gotta do is read it and you're making it easier for them. And people love documentation anyway. I mean, like nobody's gonna be mad at you for having better documentation for the company.
1: You no, know? absolutely not. Um, like you said, we're running up on time. I just want to go over two questions in the um, in the chat here. Um, the first is: Is prompt engineer going to be a big thing going forward? Um, I don't think prompt engineer as a the role by itself is going to be a thing, but it's going to be like Google. Everybody will need to know a bit of Google food to be able to do their work. So rather than a specific job title, it's going to be something that you're going to know how to do like using Office or creating a presentation or something like that. It's just a soft skill. And the other thing is a question about starting a job position near cybersecurity and later apply for an internal uh, promotion. I've seen that happen a lot. Um, One of the things that some people don't seem to realize, especially if they're new in IT or cybersecurity, you don't actually need a background, a technical background to be in cybersecurity. There are lots of things you can do in cybersecurity without... The, the technical background. That's why you don't work alone. You work on team in teams. Um, you can be the person doing the presentations. You can be the person in front of the the customer explaining what you're going to be doing and how the, the operation is going to be happening. And these are the risks that we're going to be mitigating. And this is what we're facing. And this are the threats and this is the parameters of the operation and all of that. All of those things you're going to be discussing with your team. You don't have to be an expert on each of those uh, so you don't actually require that, uh, that technical know-how to, to be able to do something in cybersecurity. Yeah. And I've seen people from SysAdmin background, from support background, uh, from different backgrounds later pivoting to cybersecurity and different roles inside of cybersecurity. So yeah, that is something that is definitely very possible yep. and very viable.
0: I'll also, you know, on that same cut, co- that same comment that was made, I wanted to touch on that too. Um, one way to look at a job promotion is the fact that it's a transaction. I know that sounds uh, crummy, but it is the case. If you are in the market for a car, right? You, you save up the money, you go to the car lot, you want to buy a car. You're not going to just spend your money on the very first car you see. You're going to talk to them, you're going to research, you're going you're to want to know what you're getting for your money because it took you a long time to save up for it. Um, at a company... It's okay that you want this promotion. They're not saying this, but it's like, okay, what do we get? You know, I'm going to give this to you. What are we going to get? And that comes down to numbers because just like I was saying earlier, as you work, you know, you're going to keep diaries of different things. Um, I think it's a lot better to ask for a raise if you're like, hey, I... Fixed this, I fixed that. I protected us from these CVEs and I did my research and the things that I've been doing are more in line with this job title up here. Look at your cost of living in your area if it went up because you could bring that up too. If, if that's the case, the cost of living went up, my skill set went up, I'm more closer to this. Here's why, here's the numbers, here's some graphs. Uh, here's a cheesecake because that always sweetens the deal. Okay, I'm joking, don't bring a cheesecake. But um, the other things I definitely stand by, it's a transaction. You know, they you want something, they want something. Something. Where are you going to meet? Uh, obviously, you have to be the right person for the job because if you're Mr. or Mrs. Arrogant, like we talked about earlier, uh, then they're not going to promote you, regardless of how qualified you are. So, so obviously, you cultivate that. But uh, if you feel like you, you know, you're a shoe in for this, bring some information, bring some data let, that backs up what what it is you want to achieve. Because simply asking for something isn't really going to cut it unless you have like. You know, a, a really awesome boss that pays that much attention to what you're doing, which isn't going to happen all that often. So,
1: but on the other hand, you'll have a, an upside on the deal because people will know you and will know your work ethics and your habits, and if you're a relatable person or not, how well you get along with other people on the team, and all of that. And that's very important. Don't don't underestimate the the how much that brings to the table when comparing to new people that they are being considered that are considered for the position. Um, knowing that someone is a good team player that plays along with the rest of the team is really important I mean everybody knows that person in IT that's amazing at what they do a great the rockstar programmer the great sysadmin but they're just annoying as hell to to deal with nobody can speak with them they're just very toxic they'll shut away inside their room they won't talk to anybody they won't answer your calls or stuff like that they're in there because they're exceptionally good, but people don't actually like them very much. And if they're not so predisposed they're not in a mindset of actually doing something for those person and complying with the request from them, simply because they're so toxic. Um, if you can bring to the table your personal relationship with other people in the team and all of that, that works out in your favor. It
0: really does. And and this really affects teams in ways people don't realize. Um, I had a new employee, super amazing, uh, very, very talented, and he's worked his way up. Oh, my gosh, his career is great. But when when I um, took him under my wing, you know, he was brand new. And, uh, you know, everyone left, but me and him, and he just takes me aside. He's like, yeah, that uh, person told me that uh, my solution is crap, it's garbage, and I should be absolutely um, ashamed of myself for coming up with something so stupid. And this is what he was told by this other person. That's the, that's the arrogant person, right? And I said, okay, and I'm gonna be completely, I'm, not, I'm gonna take my filter away right now, okay? I literally told him, I'm sorry, that guy's an asshole. That's not true, your, your solution is amazing, and I think it's awesome. Um, we're dealing with that person, Don't take that too seriously. You're great. Don't worry about it. But this is the kind of thing that these people cause: this this toxicity. And you also have to be numb to it because just because that person is giving you a bad opinion and berating you doesn't mean it's true. It's probably not. Um, There's another problem, and it involves mental health, which is not what our podcast is about. Now, to close out, what I will say is the final thing that's very clear to me, especially by the comments here. We need to have a follow-up episode about this at some point about um, IT jobs in, in general and some of the various things. So there's so many questions I wanna answer, but we've run out of time. So I'm going to make it a point at some point in the future to do another you know, career-related episode for you guys. So that way, um, if you didn't get your question answered this time, we'll uh, follow up because I, I think there's gonna be a lot of interest in this.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for the great conversation today. Thanks, everybody yep. who joined. It was a pleasure, as always. And until next week, until the next one. Thanks, guys.
0: See you again.